0: Today's episode is sponsored by BitCraft Botanica. BitCraftBotanica.com is a female Black owned on, online botanica for all your spiritual needs. The owner, Keisha K, is a psychic medium and intuitive tarot card reader. Get $25 off your first ancestral reading with code HOODOOMAMA. That's spelled H-O-O-D-O-O-M-A-M-A. Get to know Keisha K and follow Bitcraft. Works on Instagram and TikTok. Let's start the show. Hoodoo Plant Mamas. Get your soul fed and your spirit red.
1: Possess the power from way back when. Black people were stripped from, from all of their so,
0: so they had to, come to come find the magic within. So I got my
1: ancestors together, my earth, I conjure my I altar. Who do play my I manifest growth and I release trauma. Chow,
0: we just out here trying to water our plants and mind our business, you know. Everybody from the deep south, man. Everybody can't have a culture like us.
1: Hey, y'all, and welcome back to season four of Hoodoo Plant Mamas. I am one of your co-hosts, Leah Nicole. And I'm Danny B. And before we get started with our show today, let's check in. What have you been doing over our break? Ooh, um, school, work, writing.
0: Yeah, and trying to stay alive. But I'm making it. I'm making it. I'm doing better than I was probably last time y'all heard this voice so (laughs) what about you
1: um I'm gonna say I'm doing better too I know we've had like that Venus retrograde which was forever and we're finally out of that and we're about to be out of that Mercury retrograde but it I really appreciated the time to kind of like sit and reflect and I think for me like I got to the conclusion that I don't know if I want to be on social media. It's something I've been thinking about for a while. I know that Mercury retrograde in 2021, when everything shut down, I was like, what if it's like this all the time? <laughs> and and for me, I finally got off Instagram and Facebook, and it's just been so nice to not have to worry about that mess anymore. And then like, People like you and my other friend You'll tell me like things that's going on On Twitter and I'm just like It's nice to be distanced from that (laughs) So are you
0: off for good?
1: Um, My accounts are just Deactivated so I can go back in And reactivate it if I feel like it But right now I don't feel like it I feel that Well let's get into some gratitude What are you thankful for today? Um. I'm going to say I am thankful for my health. It is something that I kind of took for granted in 2021. Um, And I finally started treatment and I am feeling like (laughs) I'm feeling amazing. Um, So I'm very grateful for that. What are you grateful for?
0: I am grateful for our new season. I'm so excited to be back doing this, this, you know, highlight of my existence i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing but you know everything is terrible (laughs) so i really enjoy this and i'm
1: thankful that we're back um back into it so yeah yes me too and i'm so excited to talk about our topic um today so today we wanted to talk about love and we wanted to dedicate this episode to bell hooks who was a black kentuckian author poet feminist cultural critic and professor who passed on december 15th of 2021 um and we wanted to talk about her book all about love new visions that was sent to us by a listener thank you felania i was first introduced to bell hooks's work in art class I had an art professor who wanted us to read Appalachian Elegy and Art on My Mind: Visual Politics, um, because she wanted us to think more deeply about how place influences art, and also get notes on craft in our artwork. So, Danny, I'm wondering for you, like, when were you first introduced to Bell Hooks' work? I was first
0: introduced to her name when I started digging more into like Black feminism. Um, I always tell people I found, excuse me, white feminism found me first (laughs) in distress. Um, and I escaped its clutches and I had never read her where I'd seen quotes and that kind of thing. Um, I think eventually I had read some of her essays, but all about love is like the first book by her that I've read. Um, some people, you know, I'm not really embarrassed about that. I know Every time, like, somebody well-known passes, people are like, oh, now y'all want to be on so-and-so. Yeah. Name three books. Like, this stuff wasn't, you know, a lot of us didn't even know these people existed. We didn't grow up in households where this was, these kind of books were present. And we damn sure didn't get taught about it in school, even in college, you know. You were lucky to have a professor that would assign a Bell Hooks reading. And I did not have that, so.
1: But yeah, today we wanted to talk a little bit more about our favorite quotes from that book and just kind of what, how they resonated for us. So one of the quotes that I love um, was when she wrote, to return to love, to get to the love we always wanted but never had, to have the love we want but are not prepared to give, we seek romantic relationships. We believe these relationships more than any other will rescue and redeem us. True love does not have the power to redeem, but only if we are ready for redemption. Love saves us only if we want to be saved. And I really love that last part where she was talking about true love does have the power to redeem, but only if we want, if we are ready for redemption. And that was something she talked about a lot when she was talking about her struggles in relationships she would be with these men. Who wanted to be loved, but were not ready to do the work of actually loving someone else. While I do think self-love is important, I think a lot of people often say it's important as a replacement for romantic love. And I don't think that's true. I think they can work in like hand in hand. Like if we don't love ourselves, if we can't forgive ourselves, if we don't think ourselves think of ourselves worthy of grace, how can we accept someone else giving those things to us? And I think that is kind of where the self-love part comes in. But I I do really have a problem when people try to use it as a replacement instead of as something that works with romantic love. Yes. So I'll go ahead and share um,
0: what I think is in conversation with what you said. So I really, first of all, I love that (laughs) Bell Hooks is like, believes in true love and it's not like a very it's not like a cheesy thing it is you know how I interpret it is that you can meet multiple people who are your true loves your friends can be true loves I think um and so I really wanted to highlight this passage from the chapter about redemptive love because I still think it goes in conversation with this idea of like people um, demanding or insinuating that self-love is a replacement for romantic love or that you lack something in yourself if you desire it so bell hook says when i would talk about my yearning for a loving partner people told me over and over again i did not need anyone else they would say i did not need a companion and or a circle of love ones to feel complete and that i should complete um, inside myself or I should complete myself While it is definitely true That inner contentedness And a sense of fulfillment can be there Whether or not we commune in love with others It is equally meaningful to give voice To that longing for communion Life without communion In love with others would be less fulfilling No matter the extent of one's Self-love and like I said I know that's right Because <laughs> we are literally social beings i just think it's so wild and it's all and and i feel like a lot of people that say this are in relationships they're married or they ran a long-term relationship and now they're like trying to find themselves because they've literally never been alone and you're telling people who we we don't had a lot of time <laughs> to find ourselves and you never stop and so i just love that she says like hey this improves your quality of life. This is something that is infil- fulfilling and it's something that matters and it is not like um it is not in conflict with self-love.
1: Amen. <laughs> um so another quote that I loved is when she was talking about how people treat relationships as disposable. Um she wrote relationships are treated like Dixie cups. They are the same. They are disposable. If it does not work, drop it, throw it away, get another. Committed bonds, including marriage, cannot last when this is the prevailing logic. Most of us are unclear about what to do to protect and strengthen caring bonds when our self-centered needs are not being met. Um, And this was something I definitely struggled with um, because I thought if someone was flawed, then they weren't for me. And a lot of the times it was like my own unwillingness to accept that I was flawed. Like I'm, I'm thinking, oh, I'm trying so hard to do everything right. If this person isn't trying so hard to do everything right, something must be wrong with them. And therefore this relationship cannot work. When a lot of times I was not accepting that, like for me, it is okay. If I'm not perfect, I'm still worthy and deserving of, that relationship and also for someone else it is okay if they're not perfect and i really get upset with that when people will use that oh if you're not in a relationship something must be wrong with you and it's like maybe something is wrong with you but that still does not mean you're not deserving of a relationship it's something wrong with a lot of us let's start yes (laughs) yes and i just i get so upset with that but then also when she talked about um when our self-centered needs are not being met, I hear so often people will be like, oh, this person is good. They do all of these things, but there's this one need that they're not meeting. So therefore they're not good for me. And it's like, girl, nobody is going to meet all your needs. You can't even meet all of your needs. Like we have needs that have to be met by other people. And then we have needs that have to be met by ourselves. Like no one's going to fulfill every last one of those needs. Um, So yeah, that, that was a lot in that quote And I really love that
0: I love that because I was literally just having a conversation with a friend about non-negotiables And like what you desire in a partner Um, And we were talking about how you have those things where it's like You're not flinching on, this is a must And then you have some things that you would like That would be nice about that partner But it's like If they don't have it, okay, because nobody's going to have every single thing you write down on your little list of things that you want for a partner. But you have those established boundaries of what you don't want or what you you would like and that kind of thing. And then, yeah, and go from there. So I love that because I probably used to be in that boat too. Nobody can complete us. Nobody can... um, Nobody can be perfect for us you know what I mean and I also want to add the thing about how love is a choice love is a choice you just it's something that you work at it's not always going to be a oh you're the one we do you know she talked about how we do meet people we feel a connection with that it literally doesn't mean love most of the time it's just like you sexy what's up or you know whatever but Yeah, it is something intentional that you do and that you have to work for and that you have to choose every day.
1: And so, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I do see couples sometimes and they are very pretty. They have a very pretty family and they end up not working and people would be confused. And it's like, everyone's pretty. Why isn't it working? But I'm like, you can't build a relationship off of pretty, (laughs)
0: She says that erotic love is not enough, like er- erotic attraction that essentially sex ain't yeah. enough.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, something else she said was only love can heal the wounds of the past. However, the intensity of our woundedness often leads to a closing of the heart, making it impossible for us to give or receive the love that is given to us. And so on MLK Day, one of our listeners, Charisse Morris, who's also a writer, she wrote about her difficulty accepting love as a liberatory force. And so she's mainly talking about how annoyed she was when she heard MLK say, you know, the way through all of the hatred and systemic oppression was love, um, that it was a radical and spiritual act of resistance. And she wrote that Love is the practice of never losing your humanity just because someone else has given up on theirs. And in this way, when we give into hate, when we give into our woundness, we block out the love that is allowing us to be human, that is part of this human condition that we all crave. And so I really, I really loved how she talked about that struggle because for me, when people would be like, love blocks out hate, I'm like, that's so cheesy, like... (laughs) it's so cheesy. It's so cliche. People say it all the time, but I I really do think it is true. Like a lot of us are wounded. A lot of us are afraid to love someone, but that is really where the transformation comes from. I'm not even going to say giving totally, but giving and receiving love.
0: Yes. I
1: saw, um, I saw those notes she
0: wrote on MLK day and I was just like, what a way with words because I couldn't articulate how uncomfortable I was sometimes with the way people like tried to weaponize love. It's like, you love your enemies, da 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 da. da. I don't, I don't, but I won't lose my humanity um, as I try to navigate oppress, oppression and, and violence. Um, and I also want to encourage you all to follow Cherise. Um, She does a lot of spiritual work as well and education You can follow her on Instagram at underscore Sharice C-H-E-R-I-S-E underscore Morris M-O-R-R-I-S underscore Um, You can also just search her by her last name Sharice Morris She shares these like beautiful spiritual memos and reflections that Leah was talking about with MLK Day And she also has a Patreon that I highly recommend where she again offers spiritual education, certain rituals, that kind of thing. This is not an ad. I know it sounds like that, but I really, (laughs) um, Sharice is somebody who I met one of those like divine meetings, I think. And I have learned so much from, um, and so, yeah, I just want to encourage y'all to go look into her work. So another, um, chapter that I really resonated with was spirituality divine love um of course this is a spiritual podcast so let's talk about it um she discusses the intersection of spirituality and love and she talks about growing up in the church and learning that God is love especially how that was like that brought her solace um and I think it brings a lot of people solace if you're like living in a household of dysfunction or where love seems to be absent. And I was just thinking about um, the cognitive dissonance that happens. If you grew up in church, you've heard the preacher say, God is love. God is love. But then he'll turn around and say, God is a jealous guy. Have you ever heard that, Leah? That God is a jealous guy. God. God is a vengeful yes. God. Yes. <laughs> like, okay, we're not talking about the same we're not talking about the same entity at this point. And also insinuating that God doesn't love certain people. God doesn't love gay people, unwed mothers, sex workers, whoever, you know? And it was difficult with for me, even as a kid, to associate God with that. And it led me to a lot of feelings that I just could not in- articulate, even well into like the young adulthood when I struggled with like my identity and religion and Whether or not I was worthy of love or even God's love. And so there was a passage that I'm going to read that I think um, speaks to that. Our national spiritual hunger springs from a keen awareness of the emotional lack in our lives. It is a response to lovelessness. Going to church or temple has not satisfied this hunger surfacing from deep within our souls organized religion has failed to satisfy spiritual hunger because it it has been um, it has accommodated secular demands interpreting spiritual life in ways that uphold the values of a production centered commodity culture this is true of the traditional christian church as it is of the new age spirituality period it is no <laughs> It is no accident that so many famous new age spiritual teachers looking at you Twitter link their teachings to a metaphysics of daily life that extols the virtues of wealth, privilege, and power. And I'm sorry, a word. Because we talk about prosperity gospel and Joel or Oldstein and wherever he is in his bunker. <laughs> um but there's a there's a big issue of that in spiritual traditions too, and I'll never forget one time on Twitter, I saw someone they have a a relatively big following. I don't remember who it was, and now even if I did, I wouldn't name drop because it's besides the point. And the, the person insinuated basically that like if you're struggling financially, then you're not doing Hoodoo right or something along those lines, or you're not feeding your folks. Da 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 da. And it's possible that they didn't mean it that way, um, uh, but I took it that way, and other people probably took it that way. And I remember for a long time, I really, even before I seen that, I internalized my struggle as I'm not doing something right. I'm spiritually, I'm not doing something right, and I deserve this, and I felt a lot of shame around it. And I just think that's so irresponsible we are living under capitalism like yes when my my needs are taken care of even when i'm in a bind and i'm like oh lord what's what's happening the money comes but i'm also extremely blessed and privileged i have a community i have people that i can lean on if i'm in a bind um, and some people don't have that and i don't think it has anything to do with you know your spiritual enlightenment you and your prosperity does not mean that you're spiritually superior, and a lot of that is um. It's really replicating the same issues that we see with the church, that these people claim that they are critiquing or claiming that, you know, this is a radical act. Let's lean into these spiritual traditions, but you're still being very capitalist and greedy in how you approach it, so... Yeah. What are your thoughts, Leah? Because, you know, I'll go on a tangent.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like you, I also push back against the prosperity gospel. I'm not rich. You know, I probably got $20 to my name, but that doesn't mean I'm not doing hoodoo right. And that also doesn't mean I'm not lacking either. Like, Uh, i'm gonna quote the bible on this not verbatim but (laughs) it says do not fear for tomorrow um for tomorrow will take care of itself and then it talks about the birds in the field are they not clothed are they not fed stuff like that and it's just like i think a lot of times we get really caught up in what success is and we think success is having a million dollars having surplus being greedy um when we don't view success as being enough We view it as like we and even for me, I've been called out about it because I'm like, oh, I would love to have, you know, like a little something tucked away just to feel safe and secure. But it's also like I'm not lacking for anything. Like, why do I feel the need to hoard money if I'm not lacking, if I have enough? Yeah. So I so I think like when we preach things like the prosperity gospel, we are going into that that greed That selfishness That I don't think is of spirit It's not
0: um, And Yeah I mean we're all participating in capitalism So this isn't me like trying to shit on people Like oh you a capitalist
1: But I do believe I also think people don't know what a capitalist is Capitalists are people who control the means of production Most of us are not capitalists
0: Yeah (laughs) a lot of us ain't winning at that game but I think yeah. I'm more interested in like the um the unethical pursuit of that of of being a capitalist, the unethical pursuit of money by any means to the point where you lack integrity and then you become classist and you project that on other people. Um, yeah, it's definitely not of spirit. Um, and stop lying on your ancestors. Okay, so. <laughs> this last thing which goes a conversation with another thing you said is about um the transformative power of love and she says The transformative power of love is not fully embraced in our society because we often wrongly believe that torment and anguish are our natural condition. This assumption seems to be affirmed by the ongoing tragedy that prevails in modern society. In a world anguished by rampant destruction, fear prevails. When we love, we no longer allow our hearts to be held captive by fear. The desire to be powerful is rooted in the intensity of fear. Power gives us the illusion of having triumph over fear, over our need for love. This quote really dragged me and snatched out every little bit of hair that I got right now. She talks this idea of surrendering to love and relinquishing power. Our power is so terrifying to me. and. You know, she talks about how it's rooted in fear and how I struggle with love. Like I struggle with love platonically and romantically a lot of because I struggle with it with myself. And I used to believe that falling in love or bell hooks would say existing in love um, was dangerous. Like I thought that was dangerous. I thought that gives someone power over you. And when I feel myself starting to develop feelings for someone, I feel weak like yeah I don't like that and so (laughs) seeing love is like transformative regardless of like the uncomfortable uncomfortable aspects of it that we encounter um because so many of us bring dramatic baggage into our relationships I think Bill Hooks might argue that like the bravest and really most powerful thing we can do is open ourselves to love but it's also it's also scary like it's scary rightfully so because so many of us don't know how to love ourselves and we don't really know how to love others and we don't even know how to like receive it we don't know what to do with it when we get it because we're so like not used to it so yeah
1: yeah I wanted to go back to that um the idea that torment and anguish are natural conditions it reminds me a lot of of struggle love and how people be like oh you know that man cheated on you that man treated you any kind of way but he loves you and you just need to push through don't want it <laughs> yeah and it's it, it's that idea that like love is you're supposed to suffer in love and i think sometimes when you're in a relationship and you're not suffering you'd be like well maybe this ain't love <laughs> and it could be very hard it can be very hard but i Something I'm trying to tell myself, because like you said, a lot of us don't really have a lot of experiencing, giving, receiving love, experiencing it, you know, we can be practicing with love and it may take us a while. Like I was talking with my little the other day and I was like, yeah, I've been practicing Spanish since I was like 16. I'm not fluent. (laughs) But in the same way, like we can practice love and not be fluent in it and just give ourselves a bit of grace. We can be with other people who are practicing love and are not fluent with it and give them a bit of grace. So I think overall from this whole book, a lot of what I got is just like be kinder to each other, be kinder to yourself and just try, try to love somebody. Amen. All right. Well,
0: let's take a break and then we'll come back. (laughs)
1: To support this podcast, you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at WhoDoPlants and Instagram at Mamas. You can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I also want to thank our listeners who have rated us on Spotify. It's a very new feature and we've already gotten, I think, about 17 five-star ratings. So thank you, guys. Um, You can also join our Patreon. We have a $2 tier for those who want to give every month to show their support. Our $5 all-access tier includes monthly mini-sows, newsletter, and plant content. Thank you to our new patrons, Andrea and Samantha. Hey, thank
0: y'all. If you prefer a one-time donation, you can give any amount you want on Cash App, dollar sign, do Plant Mamas, or PayPal hoodooplantmamas at gmail.com if you are interested in sponsoring an episode email us at hoodooplantmamas at gmail.com we especially want to work with black indigenous and other POC owned and queer owned businesses all right let's get back
1: to the show okay so something I have been in a loop on TikTok, I'm in the algorithm where Black women are talking about, you know, wanting to have love and romance in their lives and also pushing back against that idea that you just need to love yourself and you just need to like focus on you and a man will come and blah, blah, blah. Um, But I, I love how vulnerable they are. And I love how, they believe that it is just as important to experience healthy romantic love with another human being. They're not whining. They're not crying. They're just expressing that they have a need that is unfulfilled and that they want it to be met. So I was wondering, what are your thoughts on that? you know I have a lot of thoughts but I also want to mention the TikTok
0: that I seen (laughs) where this girl basically was like how y'all sound telling people they need to love themselves before they get in the relationships. like maybe you need to figure out what it feels like to be thirsty first before you get a drink of water like have you ever (laughs) thought about that so anyway um I am there with those people I'm so glad that You know, it's nice to know that your experience is not an anomaly. I think a lot of people, I don't feel like it was like a very public kind of conversation. Nobody wants to admit like, hey, I really struggle meeting people. It seems like I never can have or have never had a like real relationship. And I want to add for the people that push back against people that publicly or maybe they share with you. In um, confidence that, like they desire a relationship, it's not always about like having someone. That's the first thing because a lot of people look at the desire to have someone immediately as ownership, as you want to be with someone, monogamous, you want da 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 da, you want forever. And I've been reflecting on this through conversations with my friends, through inner dialogue that often it is sweetness. Like it is sweetness, the sweetness of being desired and thought of in that way that people yearn. They, they yearn the feeling of being sweet on someone and it being mutual and that bodily feeling. Like everybody knows how your body feels when it's like, this person wants to be here with me as much as I want to be here with them. And it's normal, it's normal. And like we talked about earlier that Bill Hooks mentioned, Desiring companionship does not inherently mean we are lacking something. You aren't lacking anything. We are like communal beings. Alone time is good. Working on yourself is good. But, like, we do need companionship. And it's not always about forever. And I think I alluded to this earlier about Bill Hooks and what she says about true love. Um and how it doesn't look one way and she talked about her encounters with them with it and it didn't last forever and i really believe that like we should have access to we should experience love, companionship over and over again with different people and those of us who struggle with that or have rarely had that experience we deserve all the messiness That comes with that we deserve to experience that I don't believe that you can like learn yourself learn what you like your desires your boundaries how to communicate your desires you can't learn that without experiencing it and I really think particularly romantic love all love but romantic love is like a muscle that you have to use to strengthen how the fuck do you know like what to do in a relationship if you ain't never had it whether it's sexual or you know, more meaningful than that. So that's my take on it. And I really hope if you're listening to this and you struggle with this, you need to tune out that noise, okay? Sometimes it's okay to just say people and their opinions are wrong. <laughs>
1: um, I, I wanted to add something about this. One thing I find interesting is how often... Like, in the South, or at least in Mississippi, there is this, like, pressure for women to be, I would guess, married by 30. But there's also the same pressure for men. Like, I know a lot of men who are nearing 30, and all of the women, all of the people around them are trying to, like, make him, trying to find him a wife, all of these things. Not once has anyone ever been like, have you just worked on yourself? <laughs> have you thought maybe the problem you no one ever does that to men it's always done to women because like men are inherently seen as deserving of these romantic partnerships when a lot of times they don't be doing the work when they're in them but yeah it's always like this conversation towards women and I think that's cool I also think about kind of the deservingness of it and whether or not Mm -hmm black women are deserving of these relationships. Cause I think when I hear people say that they aren't really considering where that is coming from. And I remember when I was younger and just kind of throughout all of high school, I only had one boyfriend and it was like the summer before my senior year of high school. So the whole time I did not have a boyfriend. I had boys who said they desired me but they never wanted to be they never wanted me to be their girlfriend um and then I remember being in church and having the church women being like oh you'd make someone a great wife and then going to school and having boys being like oh no you're only good for sex and that's it and so even me like I was never seen as deserving of love and affection and romance and no one ever questioned why it was just like Oh, something must be wrong with you if you're not getting these things. And then when I grow up and I hear other Black women experiencing this, even Crystal Wilkinson in her book, Perfect Black, she talked about it too. It just reminded me like this is a historical issue. Like when we look at who is deserving of these things and who is not, oftentimes the who is not is Black women. It's very like depressing for me (laughs) because I,
0: I think we deserve better we do and i think that's why i get so upset and it's so funny because i feel like i had the opposite experience until i got like became an adult and i felt like people were like yeah, we can do this, you know, this thing in the dark but like i don't, I don't you know, nobody's ever outright said this to me but the behavior communicated like i'm not interested in being like in public with you or i'm not interested in like taking you seriously. But when i was a teenager, I was like the smart girl, whatever good girl, actually I had on a for a project I'm working on that someone interviewed me for, I was so like I cringed because in the interview i um when I was talking about religion, I was like, yeah, I was always like a good girl because that construct of like good girl and bad girl, I always strive to be the good girl, quote unquote and a lot of boys, like I just wasn't like, you know, I just didn't have that it that the other girls had that were like more experienced than me and having sex and da 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 da. And then later, these boys that I would like remember had secretly having a crush on, they were like, yeah, I just thought like you, you the you the wifey type, you like the smart girl that you know you marry. And I was just remember being like, that is so silly. And also by the time they met me, I wasn't even, at that point, I didn't even fit the good girl (laughs) construct anymore. Like, I just seemed like it. Um, But yeah, so I just, there's so many ways that we are taught um, that we are not deserving of love. And then we keep experiencing that kind of well first it's like you're wifey material but you're not this material but then now you're good enough to have sex with but you're not like somebody that I would want to be in a relationship you know so yeah there's so much that there's so many layers there's so many layers and that's why a lot of people I just I just don't think they know what they're talking about and yes some of these people are Instagram therapists maybe they have a license but like The nuance that bell hooks give all these different types of love that she addresses in this book. If you read this book, that should tell you we don't have the answers. We don't know. There's no amount of degrees. There's no amount of experience that would make you an expert on love. It is a mystery. She literally describes it. That it's a mystery. And we're also living in a society of like where desirability and all these other isms and phobias impact our experiences. So before I get on a tangent. Yeah. That's, that's my final thought one that y'all need to stop saying that to people. Like if they don't ask you for your opinion, don't give it. And even if they do find
1: something else to say, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just, like, I think for me, I just get really upset because um, a lot of the, the Black women who were on TikTok and talking about this, they were actually responding to other Black women. And then a lot of what I see online, like, when you were talking about wifey material, like, I see people like cardi b there was pushback against her because she's married with kids and people were like well she doesn't deserve that and then when she got cheated on they were like she needs to be grateful that she's married <laughs> and the same thing with megan good when she married that pastor people were like well she's not the first lady material it's always these things but, but when we think about it i'm like historically speaking no black woman has ever been the wifey material at least in this country um so it's like when we keep pushing these things on each other it's it's we're replicating these like systems of white supremacy patriarchy um and this idea that black women are inherently only good for breeding not for love not for romance not for affection yeah
0: essentially (sighs) well I am thankful that Bell Hooks left us with this offering, like this is a book that it feels like a Bible. There are certain books I read where I'm like I'm gonna have to keep this and just keep reading it over and over again, going to it for like quotes like scriptures um and yeah, I don't know. I just hope that we as a community can heal our relationship to love and i and I hope that you know the people who are well meaning in the whole you can't you gotta love yourself first. Like I hope they understand. Most of us don't, you know, a lot of people think they love themselves. A lot of us don't even understand. Like we don't even understand what love looks like in practice. It's you can talk the talk, but are you really love should be your ability to love should be reflected in your community community relationships towards your children. Mm -hmm. go back and listen to children are divine because that's another thing we might have to talk about that again um (laughs) with your parents if you talk to them or whatever friendships how are you putting love into practice how are you really um moving in a way that is of love
1: so yeah yeah and my final thoughts is i just want us to be a bit have a bit more grace towards each other um, and towards ourselves because this is love and loving is not easy um, and it's going to take time to learn how to do it. So, yeah. Amen.
0: Well, if you like this podcast, make sure you rate and review us on Apple podcasts and Spotify. We have a new Apple podcast review from Sheen that says, I am so thankful to have come across another podcast that speaks to my spirit. In the few episodes I have started, you guys have helped me bring to light a lot of things in my life and on this journey. Also, shout out to Mississippi. I know that's right. I'm from Chicago, (laughs) (laughs) but spent many summers with my grandma in the Delta. Thank you so much, Shane. Oh my gosh. We, we love a, a, a Mississippi, somebody with Mississippi lineage. So, um, yes. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> so be sure to follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at HoodooPlants and Instagram at HoodooPlantMamas. Stay tuned for our next episode. Bye, y'all. Bye.